Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. We were scheduled today to start a new series called Just Like He Said. And we are gonna start that series anyway. We are gonna lean in to the words of Jesus because I believe that especially in times when things are shaking, especially in times that seem uncertain, there is no better place that we can go than the solid foundational words of Jesus, that they are full of life, that they are full of truth, that they are full of the things that we should be building and establishing our lives on. And so when everything around us makes us question, the very place we want to run to is not to every other word that could be found around us, not to every other word that's coming through every stream of media and every person and every cousin that wants to call you and tell you about the thing that they just heard about what's going on, but we want to turn to the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus are trustworthy, they are true, they are eternal and powerful and solid, and you can build your life on them. You can build your life on them. I want you to repeat these words after me wherever you are, because I'm believing that by the end of this series, you're going to get this down in you. Because I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, and I'm not the pessimist type, but this is not the last time that we're going to be uncertain about what the days ahead of us look like. This might be a particularly uncertain time. This might be an especially unusual time, but there will be another time in your life where you look and say, I don't actually know what tomorrow is bringing me. I don't actually know what the answer to this thing is. And when that happens, I want you to remember to turn to the words of Jesus. So come on, let's say it together. The words of Jesus are trustworthy, are true, are eternal, are powerful and solid, and I will build my life on them. I will build my life on them. Father God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your words. I thank you that you have given them to us for truth, for growth, for building our life. I ask you to speak through me today in a special way, God. I thank you that you've given me a word and I ask you to help it translate through every platform that it's going through today to reach your people and to speak to them in your mighty, powerful name. So everybody has that friend that their word is only kind of good, right? Like it's not great. You make plans with them, but you're not surprised if the plans don't come through. They told you they were going to show up and help you move, but when they don't show up and everyone else in the moving party says, hey, where's Jimmy Bob? He's not here today. Everybody who knows Jimmy Bob's like, yeah, Jimmy Bob doesn't always show up because he, he means well. He does mean well. You know that girlfriend who says, hey, let's get coffee on Friday. And you're like, great. But you only pencil it in and you have a side backup plan when your other girlfriend says, hey, do you want to come to the park with me on Friday? You tell her, I'll probably be able to do that. I have some plans, but they'll probably fall through because their word is just not that good. Their word is not that reliable. Their word is 
mostly okay. They intend it to be right, but something else always comes up. There's always an excuse and there's always a reason why they weren't quite able to follow through on the thing that they told you they were gonna follow through on. And then you have that friend who, if they said it, lock it in. Take it to the bank. My husband is one of these people. If Phil Ryburn tells you he is showing up, he is showing up. He will be at the thing. He will follow it through. It is going to get done. You have those friends who, like you, you don't even have to message them. Hey, are we still on for lunch today? Nope. They told you they were having lunch three weeks ago. They said, we're going to have lunch together on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, you know they will be there for lunch because their words are trustworthy. You count on them. You plan around them. You build your life around them. Your other friend, not so much. Eh, You're not really going to adjust your plans for what they've got going on. But this friend, you're going to move everything around because you know they're going to follow through on it. The words of Jesus are even higher than that friend. They are even greater than that friend because Jesus's words are more than just words that are in his mouth. They're more than just the syllables that he says and the sounds that he makes. They are the very essence of God embodied in person form, coming to live and walk and move among us. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And if you jump all the way down to John 1 and 14, it says, and then the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and of truth. Oh, this is the great mystery of the divinity of God. That in the very beginning, when God said, it is now time for time and space and creation to come into being, he spoke a word and that word was Jesus and it came forth and it told the stars where to stand and the waters to come up and told each of the creatures to begin to be formed and the plants to come forth. That word came out and spoke all of creation into existence. And then that very word, with all of its strength and all of its power and all of its glory decided to wrap itself in flesh and come down and walk among us and become like us. And so now the very word that was in all of heaven and bringing all of creation became part of that very creation. It's the ultimate condescension. If you've ever crawled on the floor to show a child how to crawl, you maybe have begun to scratch the surface of what it means that our great God who formed the earth came down to be part of the creation that he spoke into existence. But the fact that the word that was the word at the beginning became the word that was wrapped in flesh and walking in now was speaking words out to his people. And when he spoke his words, all of creation recognized the sound of that voice because it was the sound of that voice that called it to existence in the very beginning. And when it called it to existence in the very beginning, and then he came into the world and started walking around among them, he spoke again and all of creation had to respond to the sound of who he was. 
because he wasn't just saying any words. He was saying the creative words that create the foundation that we walk on, the foundation that we build on, the foundation that we live and move and breathe and have our being on. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power by the word of his power, his powerful words. They're not just words that he was saying just to get some information out. They're not just words that he was saying to communicate to whoever happened to be around. They are the words filled with power and filled with life. When he speaks, things have to move. When he speaks, things have to come into alignment. When he speaks, all of creation has to respond to it. It's why he could speak to the wind and the waves and they had to stop because it was the same voice that spoke and told them to come into being that brought them back into alignment. It's why when he spoke, leprosy had to retreat off of people's bodies. It's why when he spoke, Lazarus had to stand up. It's why when he spoke, a tree became a withered fig tree because it is the same sound that called them into creation became the sound that they heard not coming from the heavens, but coming from on earth. And his creative words came into the earth to bring life, to bring power and to bring instruction. And he began to teach his people He began to teach them how to live. He began to teach them how to walk in his ways. He began to teach them what it meant to be a new kingdom creation. And when he began to teach, he taught in classic ways when he stood on the Sermon of a Mount and brought forth a teaching to his people. And he began to teach through demonstrations of his power as he did the miraculous, as he healed the sick and opened blind eyes. He began to teach them through the power of his words. He began to teach them by asking questions. How many times throughout scripture we see someone ask Jesus a question and he returns with a question in response, causing them to pull out the answers. But probably some of the most famous ways that he taught were through parables. Jesus would tell stories to people to get them to engage, to get them to contextualize and say, this is what it's like in the city that I live in, in the place that I live in, and begin to picture and imagine what the kingdom of God was like, to compare it to things that they were familiar with because it was something that they were so un familiar with. He took those very words that brought all of creation into existence, those very powerful words that had the the ability to speak to the wind and the waves, and he began to teach his people how to walk like he wanted them to walk. He began to teach his people what it meant to be part of his kingdom body. We are only weeks away, Phil and I, from welcoming this newest baby Ryburn into our life. We are getting closer by the day. We are getting ready for its arrival. And we are starting to talk through all of those things that happen when an infant comes into your home. The way a tiny, tiny, tiny person can change everything about how you do life. 
all of the sudden your sleep patterns have changed. All of the sudden your eat patterns have changed. Your schedule is being disrupted. The things that you need in your home are changed. The way that you come and that you go from your home is changed. The things that you need to take with you when you come and you go from your home is changed. Everything in the house is disrupted for good because the tiniest of persons has come into the home. Because the tiniest of people, and it's amazing to me even still as we embark on bringing the third tiny human into our home, how the tiniest person in the home determines everything that's happening around it. Even the smallest change in their schedule disrupts the entire house. It's amazing how small things can make a huge impact and can make, make a big difference. How something as small as a virus can make an impact and a change in everything around us. How something so tiny and seemingly insignificant can be so disruptive to everything that's happening around us. Now all of the sudden our schedules are being disrupted. All of the sudden our habits are being disrupted. I don't know about you, but I have become strangely aware of how regularly I touch my face. For weeks, my mother-in-law who works in uh, disease and infection control in a hospital has been telling us, wash your hands and stop touching your faces. And all of the sudden, I am bizarrely aware of how regularly I touch my face because my habits have been disrupted by something that seemed insignificant, that something we couldn't even see with our naked eye, but it began to move and it began to spread and it began to disrupt everything around it. And Jesus has a story that he tells about how something small can make a huge impact. If you'll turn with me to Matthew 13, we're going to look at verse 31. It's actually two parables that are kind of mashed together in Matthew and in Luke. And I find it interesting as well that of all the parables, even though there's two of them, it's so tiny because it's talking about the impact of something small. And he does it in a short, quick way that gets straight to us. Matthew 13 and 31, he says, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all of the seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air even can come and make nests in its branches. And he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. So he used the example of a mustard seed because a mustard seed is a seed that they would have been familiar with at the time. Of the seeds that they used, it was the smallest to think of and to imagine. A mustard seed, if you are not familiar with it, is about the size of a poppy seed. If you're a little bit fancy, maybe the size of a chai seed. It is a tiny, tiny seed. But when you plant it in the ground, it begins to grow and it turns not into a flower, not into a bush, not into a herb, but into an entire 
tree. It looks like it. you can barely see it with your eye, but it begins to grow into something that brings flavor and that brings health to everything around it. And the leaven that he's speaking to is the small thing that goes in to the dough after it has been prepared. It's one of the last things that goes into the dough. And then they would begin to work it and knead it through the dough and, and it would, would cause it to rise and to react. Now, the thing that is interesting about how they got leaven, if you're making bread now, you're going to go to the store and you're going to buy leaven and you're going to bring it. It's probably still on the shelf. So lucky you making bread this week. And you're going to work it into your bread and it's going to mix in. But when they were preparing leaven at the time, they would take bread and they would make a dough. And as they were making that dough, before they put it away in the oven to be baked, they would pull out a small piece of that dough and set it over to the side, wrap it up and let that sit. While that dough was sitting, it would sit for days or for weeks as it began to ferment. And then the next time they came to prepare dough, that previously set aside dough would be ready to bring back in and be the yeast and the leaven for the new dough that they were doing. It took a little bit of foresight and it took a little bit of preparation to say, you know what, I'm going to want to bake some bread again someday. And so I better put this piece aside and I'm going to need to give it a little bit of time and let that set over there and grow all of the things that it needs to grow to prepare it for the next time that I need to give bread and that I need to make bread and that I need to have something ready for people to come around and to eat. And I'm grateful today to be in a house that had the foresight to say, you know what, there are some things we're going to need in the future. So let's start setting that over to the side. Let's start working that over to the side that we weren't starting up today, that we weren't launching something new today, but that we were prepared, maybe not for this exact scenario, but we were prepared for the days and the times that God was walking us into. And that leaven gets put in the bread and it gets worked through that bread. And he said, the kingdom of God is this way, that it gets worked through and it just takes a little bit of it, just a mustard seed amount, just a, a dollop of the dough amount of the leaven worked through that bread and it makes the whole thing do what it's supposed to do. It makes the whole thing work like it's supposed to work because you start working it through the entire batch of dough. And you and I are those representatives of the kingdom of God, set aside for his express purpose, set aside for such a time as this. And he said, let me take you now and plant you in some neighborhoods. Let me take you now and plant you inside some work environments. Let me take you now and put you inside some spaces that you weren't quite sure why you were there. And I'm going to start working you all through that space. Because when I start to apply the pressure of my kingdom and I start to work my leaven through that bread, when he starts to work you through the places that he's planted you, the kingdom of God starts spreading every place that we go. And we have a choice in this moment as to whether or not we're going to build our lives on fear, whether or not we're going to build our lives on the word of every man that comes forth, or if we're going to build our lives on the words of God. And the words that we choose to build our lives on are the words that we are going to begin spreading 
They're the words that we are gonna push throughout the communities that he has placed us in. Because it just takes a little bit of something to have a big impact. It just takes a little bit of it to start spreading it. It just takes a little bit of panic to incite terror throughout a community. But it also just takes a little bit of peace to bring some calm into that place. And I believe God has placed a people of God throughout our communities and throughout our nations that say, wait a second, I have the leaven of the king kingdom sitting on the inside of me. And so I'm not going to let fear come in. Instead, he has placed me here to be a minister of his peace. And so if I just spread a little bit of peace every place that he takes me, I just spread a little bit of calm every place that he takes me. I have the capacity to spread hope every place that I go and say, wait a second, I know today doesn't look like we thought it was going to look. And I know today doesn't quite seem like everything is turning out, but I believe in a God of all hope. And I believe that there is a future that is yet still brighter. I believe that there are days on the other side of this. I won't let my mouth be filled with pessimism. I won't let my mouth be filled with destruction and with doubt, but I'm going to fill myself with his hope. And I'm going to start pushing that hope through every place that he takes me. I'm going to start pushing that hope through every environment that he walks me into. I believe that there are a kingdom people of faith that say we have built our lives on the words and of the promises of God. And so if he's walking me into this faith, into this place, I have to know that my faith is leading the way. That it might look like everything's getting pulled back, but I believe with faith that God doesn't cause everything, but he will use everything for our good. And so our greatest opportunity might be what in the midst of what looks like our darkest moments, our most separated moments, our most scattered moments. I have to think about how the early church grew under pressure. And while we're under pressure, I have a faith that says the people of God are going to shine up in the darkness because his light shines best in the darkness and it just takes a little bit of dark in the mid a little bit of light in the midst of the darkness to scatter the darkness and bring people into his marvelous light hey it just takes a little bit of wisdom Let's not act like our faith and our wisdom are mutually exclusive. We don't have to stand in a place of faith that says I'm ignoring what happens. Jesus also said, I wish that my people would be wise like the serpents. The serpents were thought to be crafty, to be knowledgeable, to be insightful about what was happening. He said, I wish that you would have insight and would have wisdom that we don't have to walk around spouting any kind of foolishness. We don't have to walk around sharing every kind of piece of ignorance or every kind of insightful information that comes out. We will share wisdom. We will walk in wisdom. We will do the things that, that is being told to us by the medical communities are helpful, and we will stand in faith. And they are not in opposition of each other. They are partners with one another that say, as I use my wisdom, I walk in my faith and wait and see what God does on the other side of everything that is happening around us right now, because we are going to be people who build our lives on the faithful promises of God, that we will plant ourselves in this time, that we will allow ourselves to be worked through something in this time, and that we will stand on his word. 
The very word that came at the beginning is the word that he spoke forth to us for godly instruction, for building our lives. And it wasn't just good for when days were good and happy and bright and easy. It was made for when we don't know what to do. When we look around and say, these are unprecedented times, I will turn and I will build my life on the very words of God. We're gonna keep leaning into it over the next few weeks, but I want you to say one more time, the words of Jesus are trustworthy. They are true. They are eternal. They are powerful and solid. And I build my life on them. Just like he said, the words of Jesus are trustworthy, true, eternal, powerful, and solid. And I will build my life on them. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to build my life on them. Before we leave today, I want us to lean into prayers. Today is a national day of prayer, praying against this virus, praying for peace to come. I'm gonna lead us in a few prayers. I wanna encourage you to lean in, to lift your hands before God or to stand where you are, whatever way is gonna help your heart engage. First thing we're gonna do is we're gonna pray a prayer over your household. Psalms 91 and 10 says, Because you have made me, O Lord, your dwelling, my refuge of the Most High, no evil will befall you, no plague will approach your tent, for he will command his angels concerning your guard. God, I speak a word over every household, every household that's connecting today, every household, God, that's represented here, that your angels would have charge all around them. And I thank you that you will guard us. I thank you that you will be their protection. I thank you that the blood of your name is over their household. We're gonna pray a prayer of protection. Psalm 121, five through seven says, the Lord watches over you and the Lord is your shade at your right and your, at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night, but that the Lord will keep you. God, I thank you that you are our protection. I thank you that you guard us. I thank you that you wrap us in your love and in your kindness, in your grace and in your mercy, that you go before us and that you come behind us and that you are our banner of protection. For your health, Jeremiah 33 and six, nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. God, I thank you for good health for every person that's watching. I speak health over their life. I speak health over their family. I speak long life over them. I speak that their body is in alignment with the way that you created it and intended for it to be. And we pray for peace. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that we have peace, that you have given us your peace, that it resides in us, that we walk in it and make us, God, distributors of your peace, especially in times like these. 
We speak quiet to fear. We speak quiet to anxiety. We speak quiet to panic. And we speak peace in abundance into your life. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, we speak it over you right now. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.